You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. I am one of the hosts, Nick Bellato, joined as always by Chris Flum. And Chris and I kind of wanted to get together today and look at this draft class and just this offseason in general from a 30,000-foot view. Maybe try to feel out what Joe Shane was really thinking at the end of the 2022 season, a season where the Giants exceeded expectations, not only went to the playoffs, but won a playoff game after defeating the Minnesota Vikings. So, Chris, before we do that, how you doing? I am doing well. You know, actually, sitting here waiting for some thunderstorms to hit. Hopefully, they don't just spring up all of a sudden and just ruin the recording. But other than that, doing well. We're doing well. And let's take a look, Chris, at the Giants roster heading into free agency. There were a lot of holes. There was a dearth of talent and depth at key positions. And I think it manifested itself throughout the 2022 season. Like if you look at the defensive side of the football, Giants ranked 28th in rushing yards allowed last season. They could not fit the power gap run. I think it's safe to say, and we'll get to this in a little bit, that Joe Shane really put a high priority on finding key contributors that will help the defensive line not put Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams out there for the entirety of the game and also sure up the run defense. But if you look on offense, and this is something that I feel like we have been discussing since Daniel Jones arrived here, probably even before that, the Giants needed to find a way to create explosive plays. We've talked about it so much. They ranked dead last last season in explosive plays in totality, which is nuts because there were so many just bad offenses last year. But early on, just in free agency alone, getting Darren Waller, as a tight end, but somebody who operates a little bit more like a wide receiver significantly addresses that issue. And then when the Giants identified Jalen Hyatt more than likely as the last wide receiver in a specific tier that can help Daniel Jones in terms of stretching the field vertically, they traded up 16 spots to secure Jalen Hyatt. So what is your overall opinion on the Giants going out and finding these explosive playmakers to help take this offense to the next level. Yeah, it, it really isn't a surprising move at all. I, anyone who watched the Giants knew that unless Saquon Barkley was making somebody miss in a phone booth or Daniel Jones got loose on what by the end of the season I was call, kind of calling a deconstructed RPO play. Like those plays we'd see where the blockers would kind of make the seize part and then the Giants would send the running back, usually Barkley, out into the flat belatedly that would pull the linebacker out and there would be nobody in front of Daniel Jones. And then he could pull the ball down and scramble. Other than those two situations, the Giants really were not generating 
much in the way of explosive yardage. And that really allowed a lot of defenses to just play downhill on them. And even though the Giants were able to move the ball between the 20s, they had a real problem with their drives stalling. And I don't think anybody should be surprised that the Giants really prioritized getting offensive weapons who have the potential to be explosive. You know, we all season long, we were calling Mike Kafka the tendency exploiter. And a lot of that is doing your homework, uh, really scouting and understanding the opposing team. So it makes perfect sense that the Giants would apply that same philosophy to themselves. Exactly. And also when you add these explosive playmakers, it just gives your running game another life basically like just a fresh breath of air because you're going to have to align a lot more too deep type of defenses maybe more quarters things like that where there's not going to be as many defenders operating around the box not only does it do that it can help your play action passing attack as well because when those safeties come down to execute their run fit and they're like oh no i have jalen hyatt streaking past me i really need to scramble that's going to basically open up the intermediate over routes and those dig routes that I'm sure Darren Waller is going to be running a lot of. And also I think we all were addressing the wide receiver position. We must also add that yes, Sterling Shepard was brought back. I don't know if we can expect anything from him with him recovering from the injury, but the giants also re-signed Darius Slayton and re-signed Isaiah Hodgins, two very effective players, arguably the most effective players on the offense, not named Saquon Barkley or Daniel Jones last season. So they're also coming back and the Giants got Bryce Ford Wheaton as an undrafted free agent, which is exciting. I don't know if he's going to have a year one impact, Chris, but when you have someone with that size and that speed and he is frustrating on film, but he can make contested catches. And when you combine all of those factors, he is somebody at least in training camp that I'm sure we're going to be discussing a lot of because, hey, it's a deep wide receiver room right now, but crazier things have happened. Yeah, certainly. I, I, I could definitely see Ford Wheaton BFW. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to work on that because his name is a bit of a mouthful. Ah, I, yeah, I'm, but, I'm cool with BFW. Sure. You know, coining it now, BFW. You hear it elsewhere, they got it from us. Yeah, but I could definitely see him making waves in camp and being kind of what, being that kind of camp star that it seems every year we have one. And I'll say this too. In order to create these explosive plays, Chris, right, in order to allow Daniel Jones to have two and a half, three seconds to throw the football to help assist these wide receivers to uncover downfield, you need somewhat of an offensive line to protect you. And the Giants last year, their offensive line was not great. I would say they were slightly above average in terms of running the football. They were very adaptive. I I love that. They were mobile, allowed Bobby Johnson to do a lot of creative things in terms of running the football. But pass protection, it was pretty rough. It was pretty rough. Andrew Thomas was a stud. The right side of the line with Evan Neal, Mark Lewinsky, never really fully, I feel like, um, got comfortable with each other. And that's not necessarily a slight on on them. It's more so, I think, Evan Neal getting injured and then just Mark Lewinsky not being great in terms of pass protection. But now you lose Nick Gates and John Feliciano to flexible, I would say, interior offensive linemen. And the Giants seemed very comfortable saying, hey, we have Ben Bredesen, we have Jack Anderson, we have Shane Lemieux, we'll figure it out at center, we'll figure it out at guard. And I think to a certain degree, they were comfortable with that. But John Michael Schmitz being available in the second round allowed them to be comfortable selecting that player, bringing him into the building, and now you have that center position figured out 
I'm a little concerned about the guard positions. We'll have to wait and see. Hopefully, Josh Azudo can seize that. But adding John Michael Schmitz, Chris, is a um, huge win for the Giants' offensive line, especially long-term. You have three of the five positions figured out right now. Yeah, I really think that the Giants' stance on the center position was kind of the most effective bluff they could have done because that there's not a doubt in my mind that they wanted to get, to come away from this draft with a center. And I, I really think that John Michael Schmitz was the guy they were targeting. But I also think that based on the way they talked about the cornerback position a year ago where they said, hey, we – we are fine with the guys we have on our roster. We don't have to go out and draft a quarterback. I'm sorry, corner back. Yeah. I think that kind of gave some weight to the Giants bluff because if they had to go into the season with the interior offensive lineman they already had on the roster, they would have done so. And they would have figured something out because like you said, the, the offensive line, it was not great last year. It definitely had its issues, particularly with pass protection on the right side. But by and large, for the most part, it was fine. It was, it got the job done. The Giants were obviously able to move the ball. They were able to run the ball. They were able to execute their passing attack, their passing offense, the way they wanted to do so. So the Giants were able to say, yes, we are comfortable with the centers we have. Ball also saying, but we'd really like a new one. <laughs> and also one that has the mental side of everything down, who can grow with this offensive line, someone who is going to just be a linchpin, really, on the offensive line, something that they just have not had at the center position since Sean O'Hara. seems like it's just been kind of a revolving door. And I think to a certain degree, Chris, like, Joe Shane was fine with having Ben Bredesen compete for that spot. But when the value falls to a certain point, and I, we know that Joe Shane wanted John Michael Schmitz in the second round, he said as much. He was like, yeah. I almost traded up for him, you know? <laughs> yeah. So when the value was there and aligned, and I feel like you could say that with all three of the picks, with Deontay Banks, Jalen Hyatt, and John Michael Schmitz, the value was just way too much to, uh, to allow to pass up at that time. He traded up twice in order to secure two of those three. But before we um, go to our ad break, Chris, there's two other positions on offense that I think the Giants had to at least explore adding competition to. One being the running back room. We do not know if Saquon Barkley is going to be here long term. I think John Mara wants him to be. I think the Giants want him to be, but I just think the price probably needs to come down from what Saquon Barkley was originally hoping. And that's Eric Gray. The Giants added him in the fifth round. And also, I would say we could probably group in a long-term developmental quarterback into this. And I don't know if the Giants have it right now, but they did bring in UDFA, Tommy DeVito from Illinois and also from Syracuse, a Jersey guy, Don Bosco prep guy. What are your opinions on Eric Gray and Tommy DeVito? Well, we'll start with the running back position. I like Eric Gray. We, we talked a lot about him immediately after the draft. I think he fits into this running back room well. He does not have the explosive potential of Saquon Barkley but he is a guy who can execute pretty much anything you want or anything you need with any down and distance. He can run between the tackles. He can run off tackle. He can execute a power run scheme. He can execute a zone run scheme. He can be a good receiver out of the backfield. You could bring him on to spell Barkley or Matt Breida 
or you could even rely on him if there's an injury. And if the Giants don't get a deal done with Barkley long-term, I would be comfortable with Eric Gray basically being the lead dog in a running back rotation, you know, kind of like what the Buffalo Bills have done up there with their running back room where basically Josh Allen is their starting running back, and then they just kind of cycle through their other runners. And you're able to get enough production out of the stable that you don't really need a heavy investment, a real workhorse running back. Now, with the backup quarterback position, that's going to be interesting because, you know, Tyrod Taylor is a free agent after this year. Um, Daniel Jones has had his, he has had injuries before. So I think having a third quarterback, a guy who can grow with this offense, is going to be important. I don't know if Tommy DeVito's that guy. I am kind of bracing myself for the, have the Giants found their their own Brock Purdy and local legend Tommy DeVito? You know, like I I know I'm going to see that headline at some point over the over the off season. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens when he gets on the field, particularly once the pads go on in training camp. Because you know right now he's just going to be throwing one on one against air in shorts, and it's easy to look good then. And what will it look like when Wink Martindale on the first snap at training camp puts two safeties in the A gap and sends them after hey. him because Wink Martindale is a madman. See how Tommy DeVito deals with that pressure. But that would be a really cool story if he developed and, and turned into a, a good backup for the New York Giants, like a long-term backup, which is a very valuable position in the NFL. But Chris, before we get to the defensive side of the football, let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors here at SB Nation. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, Chris, I mentioned it at the top of the show. The Giants defense, it sucked last year. 28th in rushing yards allowed. There were certain games where they couldn't stop at nosebleed. They couldn't stop anything out there on the ground. And the Giants really poured assets into rectifying that situation because it was the critical vulnerability of the Giants defense last year. They added Raheem Nunez Roches. They added Sean Robinson. They drafted a Jordan Riley. In the seventh round, people are like, oh, that's not really, you know, it's only a seventh round pick. I agree. But I also think like he might compete with another day three pick from last year, 
DJ Davidson for a roster spot. Jordan Riley, to me, is a better run defender, at least on tape in college at Oregon. He was in a little bit of Nebraska tape that I also saw of Jordan Riley. So they really focused on the defensive line. And we knew they had to focus on the secondary. You and I, before the draft, brought up how the cornerback position was our biggest priority. Well, in the first round, they addressed that. And I think they got the guy that Wink Martindale really wanted in Deontay Banks because he is a press man cornerback who has all the man coverage skills you need to play in any technique necessary, outside leverage, inside leverage, trail technique. If you have someone over the top or if you just want mono we mono Deontay Banks can at least stay in phase on a lot of these really excellent athletes. So what is your overall opinion on how Joe Shane has kind of rebuilt this defense in the image of what Wink Martindale wants in his personnel? Yeah, I think having that year together to really learn each other, how the philosophies, how they think, how they approach the game, I think that has really helped the Giants. And also Deontay Banks falling and the NFL as a whole being, I think, maybe just a little bit lower on this cornerback class or perhaps maybe looking at the depth of the cornerback class and saying, we don't have to we don't have to get one right here. I think that really helped the giants out just getting Deontay banks that does so much for their depth because now they're not relying on Aaron Robinson or Cordell Flott to be the number two corner across from a Dory Jackson. And then if, or when a Dory Jackson gets hurt, you've got both of those guys out there and then they've both have had injury issues. And then it, this Getting Deontay Banks really gives the Giants a cushion and it it lets the other players get the matchups that they should have as opposed to the ones that they have to take on, if that makes sense. And I think having a an athletic, versatile corner out there will really allow Wink to fully unleash his blitz schemes because down the stretch last year, we saw him really move off of the hyper-aggressive defense. And, you know, things started to get tighter. Things got a little hairy, you know, later in games. It worked out with the Minnesota Vikings and you know, Justin Jefferson. But, you know, at other points, we saw the Giants use more zone than I think they really wanted to. And I think a lot of that was dictated by a secondary that was held together by duct tape and bubble gum. Yeah, not DoorDash people, though. Not DoorDash people, just duct tape and bubble gum, everybody. And uh, <laughs> the Giants also addressed the secondary by bringing in Trey Hawkins, the third in the sixth round, and then Javarius Owens in the seventh round. And I only really bring those up. I don't know if they're going to be contributors on the defense. Maybe if they stick on the roster because of special teams, they will earn, I think, a role in the defensive rotation just because Wink Martindale likes to use every defense, defensive player to their best ability that's on the roster. But I bring it up because Julian Love is probably the biggest loss on this defense. And he was so integral to what the Giants wanted to do, especially after Xavier McKinney broke his hand. So I think Javarius Owens, the tackling issues is something that I have a problem with. But he is pretty damn good in coverage, and he has good eyes in coverage. Trey Hawkins, that's a cornerback who played outside, but he has like a safety type of body type and a safety type of temperament. So I just wanted to bring those two up as well. It's just depth pieces. You're just adding young bodies who you can develop in your secondary, and I think that's wise as well. But if you look up and down the defense, Chris, 
we talked a lot last year about how bad the linebacker position was. Well, adding Bobby Okereke to that group, bringing Gerard Davis back is one thing. But Bobby Okereke to that group and then possibly getting a healthy Darian Beavers back as well, who looked really good in training camp in the little bit of preseason that he played last year, that could really help shore up this entire defense because, oh my God, Chris, if I have to see another team run counter and just no linebackers <laughs> are sweeping and, and getting into the alley and, and taking on the blocker and it just leads to these six, seven, eight-yard gains, I have to keep seeing that, I might go insane. <laughs> I'll be right there with you. you know, maybe we can uh, – we can- share a room at the at an institution or something yeah <laughs> I, I think i'll Bobby say this oh go ahead man oh yeah so the we all know okariki is a is a really good addition for the giants but there was this one position group that you and i we discussed before the pot or before the draft the giants low-key might need to add bodies to and they didn't in this draft just because it never really happened right i don't think i think they know that they could use depth here and i think they told us as much after the draft but Kayvon thibodeau and aziz ojalari were comfortable with that when they're healthy aziz ojalari is not healthy all that often and you have jihad ward backing him up i think the giants like timon fox i like timon fox you added haba baldonado from Pitt, who i think could earn a role on this roster as well and then you brought oshane zimenez back which I also like that um, addition just to bring him back because he gave the Giants valuable snaps last year. But are you concerned at all about the edge depth heading into this season? And do you think the Giants might not have, for one reason or another, done enough to really address the depth of this rotation to allow the Giants to pin their ears back and keep guys fresh on passing downs? Yes, I do. And basically for the reasons you just stated, the overall depth of the edge unit – Yes, Wink Martindale doesn't place a whole lot of emphasis on edge defenders. He likes to likes to just use a ton of DBs out there and just scheme guys free rushes into the backfield. But I still feel like you need guys on the edges. You can't blitz 100% of the time. You And you need guys on the edges who can A, defend the run on the edge because that was an issue for the Giants at times particularly when they had to dip down into their depth because we did see Kayvon Thibodeau develop into a pretty good run defender out there. But across from him, that was that was a little hit or miss depending on who was out there. And then, at the, again, at the ends of games, you don't want guys wearing down. You can't ask two defenders to play all of the snaps and then expect them to be fresh when the when the moment is the biggest, especially down the stretch at the end of the season, when they've got 14, 15, 16 games under their belt and, you know, well over a thousand snaps played. So that I think is a concern for me. And also just looking back, some of the best defenses are the ones where they can just send wave after wave of pass rusher after you keep all the guys fresh and also have a variety of skill sets so they can find the most advantageous matchups to really put the heat on the quarterback. And you know, the giants, you know, we, we like Jihad Ward. We like him on Fox, but there's kind of a gulf there between those guys and, a real starter you want to see out there for significant reps. One thing I find uh, kind of interesting before we get out of here too, with the edge room, cause I'm right there with you. I do think the giants could use another edge rusher, somebody who 
gives you a little bit more juice, maybe. I like Aziz. I like Kayvon. But I would like that strong third guy, right? And I don't know if the Giants have that strong third guy right here in terms of pass rushing. I think Jahad Ward has his role on early downs, Timon Fox. I think Haba Baldonado can compete for that. I don't think he's going to be a dominant pass rusher, though. And I don't believe O'Shane Zimenez is that guy. Ellison Smith, he has the upside to be that guy. Guy can't stay healthy. But you also have guys on this roster that make me feel a little bit better about the situation because they are really impressive pass rushers and they know how to get after the passer. They're just not edge rushers. And that's Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence. So you add those two into this equation. It's like at least you're getting interior pressure as well to help the edge rushers possibly get pressure on their own right when it's not Kayvon and Aziz. So I'm not really worried too much about Kayvon or Aziz Ojolari. It's really just when those guys are off the field, what exactly is going to happen. And you also have players like Ryder Anderson, possibly, even though he's bigger and he's more of an interior defensive lineman. But I can see Wink Martindale aligning him if he takes to the coaching and development on edge in certain situations. He did it with Micah McFadden last year. I think Darian Beavers is a candidate for that. Obviously, Jihad Ward has done it. So there's at least personnel here that you could align in certain packages because let's not forget, Wink Martindale loves to use these really weird packages where he has 290, 295 pound guys who are up on the edge like they're edge rushes and two point stances. So I think there are at least body types to where you can use and get creative in that situation. And the fact that you have two really good interior defensive linemen who can create pressure might assist you when you at least get creative because you're not going to be relying too much on those edge rushers to get the pressure in that specific situation, if that makes sense. Yeah. And just bringing up the defensive linemen who could be used to get pressure creatively. Uh, Caleb Sanders out of South Dakota State, UDFA, he is another guy I just kind of want to keep an eye on through the offseason program because he is a pretty sudden athlete for a defensive tackle. And he also has a very different body type than anyone else on the Giants roster right now at what, six foot 287. Like he is, he isn't, long like Jihad Ward, but he also isn't big like, well, pretty much every other defensive tackle on the Giants roster. Yeah, the, the Giants have a lot of beef up front. Yeah, they're, they're full of beef, man. They're full of beef. They need to have a barbecue. They have so much beef. But I'll say this. <laughs> I don't think Caleb, Caleb Sanders is an undrafted guy. I think he was just a, a mini a rookie minicamp invite. Did, did I miss something and did he get signed? I you know I don't know honestly I I saw him listed as both so maybe we'll just have to keep an eye okay. on the roster with him. Okay, cool. I, I'm on our lads. I don't see him on our lads, but I know like this time of year things aren't really it, reported all that well. So we'll have to wait and see. It's very fluid. Exactly. But Chris, anything else on just kind of what the Giants added through free agency and the draft and some of the issues that they rectified over the last couple months. Anything else on the New York Giants in that regard? No, I'm I'm very interested. I'm really looking forward to seeing how these players are integrated into the scheme and really how the Giants offense and defense take shape over the next couple months. You know, what changes we see as compared to last year because yeah, I don't think you'll disagree with me when I say that Mike Kafka, Brian Dayball, Wink Martindale, those guys worked magic last year. You know, we were among the first people to say the Giants have the best coaching staff in the NFL or definitely top five. And they needed it 
last year. So it'll be interesting to see just what they come up with, with maybe a little bit better and deeper roster than they had to work with a year ago. I'm right there with you, buddy. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. Please, if you have not done so already, like, subscribe, comment to the podcast. really helps us get up that algorithm, which is excellent. Also, head on over to BigBlueView.com and check out all of our written content. Thank you, everyone, and have a lovely day.